Ahoy, motherfuckers. This is Brandon's fault. Also, welcome to Hindsight. Yeah, that's the intro. I mean that shit. I mean, honestly. Hi, Brandon. Let me do that first. You didn't hate this movie. I, that's what I was going to say. Honestly, I didn't hate it, but it just brought me more questions than anything else. So I have an interesting perspective. Okay, let's hear it. My my wife's uh, high like college best friend, like she was like a bridesmaid in our wedding, all that stuff. Her husband and daughter, her daughter is like, does like competitive fencing, which is so like cool sitting. It's like little black girl defensing. Mm-hmm. And so they came out here because it's like a fencing, there's like a fencing tournament or something here. So they actually, they could stay here um, this weekend. Um, so that while they, so they didn't have to get a hotel or whatever, which, which was like, yeah, cool. But Brandy, it's funny this weekend, Brandy actually left because she had to go back home for something. I forget, whatever she's, so she's back in DC. So it's, so I'm like, all right, so it's just going to be me and them. So they're here. And so I'm like, Hey, I got to watch this Terminator movie for this podcast. You want to come up and watch it? And uh, Terrell, he, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I love Terminator movies. I've seen all of them. Mind you, I haven't seen this one. I only seen the first two before we started doing this. And so his daughter, who's like 12 ish around that ish, right around that age, She's like, oh, okay, I'll watch. And so we're watching this with someone who doesn't understand time travel movies. So she's asking all these questions like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And and usually you could be like, well, you know, you're 12. You don't get it. But like, I was like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I was watching it. So this, I understand why this will be a movie that you can enjoy watching, but at the same time, first of all, no sense at all. Well, it made me angry because it changed the whole premise of this show is predestination. Like it was the predestination theory. What was meant to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they introduce alternate timelines in this film, which is a whole different set of rules for time travel. Why did I just watch four movies? Because I watched Salvation in between. Why did I just watch four movies where it's the predestination time travel rules? And then I tune into the fifth movie and you're like, oh, no, we have alternate universe. We have alternate timelines now. That you can somehow tap into. The original director of The Terminator, James Cameron, asked and got to officially endorse this film. He said he loved it so much, he personally considers this the official third film of the franchise. However, in 2017, Cameron said that he doesn't have much respect for the Terminator movies that were made after Terminator 2 Judgment Day, but supported them because of his close friendship with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he endorsed it because Arnold wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Also, Paramount greenlit two sequels to this film before it even opened. Because regardless of how well it would do at the box office or with critics, all film rights to the Terminator series will revert back to James Cameron in 2019. However, both sequels were canceled after the film's critical and commercial failure, paving the way for Cameron to produce Terminator Dark Fate in 2019. Let's talk about this movie. Terminator Genesis begins with us finding out about Kyle Reese and how when he was a kid, he was saved from the Terminator by John Connor. Yeah, John Connor saves his dad when his dad is like 11 or 12. 
they fight together. They grow together. They 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 live uh, in the future with the, they're they're fighting the war, and then they get to the point where um, they are about to have the penultimate fight for survival for the future. They split the group up into two. One group is going to go to Colorado and fight at um, Skynet's uh, main factory, their their primary core to destroy their final weapon. The rest of them will be fighting in Los Angeles. John doesn't go to Colorado. He stays in Los Angeles. The folks in Colorado are successful and all the robots and all the machines around John and Kyle just drop from the sky, crushing people to death, I'm sure, but they don't show that because it's a PG-13 movie. And John is like, okay, that was easy, but even though he should already know because everybody thinks he's a prophet because he's literally telling them what's going to happen in the future. Like he's now Nostradamus uh, five minutes future. Um, And he's like, but we're not done yet. We got to make it down before. And he's like, Oh, by the time they get down there, the Arnold Schwarzenegger droid has already, which in this movie is called the guardian has already gone back to the past. And they're like, let's find the coordinates where he went to. And John is like, it was this day in 1984. And they're like, it's on this day in 1980. How do you know that? And he's still, I don't know why it's a secret. I don't understand why any of that's a secret, but he was like, now it starts. Who wants to go back? And everybody's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And Kyle's like, I'll do it. You know, the relationship I got with your mama. And John's like, I, right, you go from this point on. I don't know what's going to happen because my mom didn't uh, tell me anything past this point, even though she tells you exactly what happened from 1984 on out, which means she literally told you what's going to happen. But that is a precursor or, 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 or a forbearing on what's about to happen in this movie. Kyle strips down naked and gets into the um, time machine. And gets ready to go back to the past. And he's told by John, when you get back there, my mom will not be the radical fighter that you know her now. The stories I told you, she's going to be weak and she's going to need your help, which is also foreshadowing. That's where I was trying to think of foreshadowing. And Kyle is like, I will not let anybody hurt her. And he's like, cool. So he hops to the time machine. And as he's going back to the past, another Terminator just pops up out of no fucking where. Literally. Just, I don't know. One moment they're all going, they're all happy that Kyle's going to the past and they're like, oh, it's going to be exciting. No, you got to be naked and all that kind of stuff. And the next minute, this thing just appears. And they never explained why you had to be naked. No, they did explain about the guns. They were like the magnets. But then I was like, but robots are going back and forth willy nilly. So what the fuck? Yeah. Well, no, they, uh, they did explain that. Because when Arnold, they were like, Arnold, are you going to come with me? And he was like, no, because my skin is gone. And so it'll mess, like, your skin couldn't be exposed. That's why they only sent the organic robots back. But they sent Kyle back. Yeah, Kyle's a person. So, no, I'm saying his skin wouldn't have, nobody's skin was affected in this travel, but the skin wasn't affected, nor was Arnold's mechanical body. But, you know, I don't know. So, no, Arnold said that, remember, in he, he was fighting, and his he he stuck his arm out for that acid rain or whatever, mm-hmm. and it melted his skin off, and he just yeah, had his that was mechanical dope. arm. 
And he said, like, I can't go in the time machine with my mechanical arm exposed or something like that. It has to be with, I have to be covered in my skin or whatever. Uh, okay. They should have just put, because they can't take a backpack with them. Okay. So as Kyle, I, as Kyle's going back in the past, he sees this new, new Terminator touch John's face because John should really be called Scarface. He's got cuts and divots all over his face and shit from the war. And so as he's leaving out, um, this new, new Terminator grabs divots face. And um, we don't know if he's dead or not. He just, we're now in the past. And when they get to the past, it really does begin the same way that the first Terminator movie began. And I was sitting there mm -hmm. thinking, okay, so we're going to do this over again. We're really doing this, huh? Because Genesis, you know, the beginning, you think that it's going back to, I thought they were doing a straight like reboot, like they did on Spider-Man. Like, okay, cool. Not cool, but okay, fine. So they have um, the Arnold bot land, the same way it shows the it shows a truck driver. It's not the same truck driver, obviously, because, you know, it's later on in life, like in real life. So that regular truck driver is probably like 60 or 70 or something. But um, they show the same skid row looking area and the same electro magnetic waves popping up and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger pops up and he's walking towards the same three dudes or the same three types of dudes who are talking about, Hey man, look at this. And he's still repeating what they're saying. Like word for word. It's like the first movie. I do want to point that out. It is word for word. Like the first movie with him repeating what they're saying, just like he does not to say any words, which irritated me all over again, him repeating their first two sentences. Like he does not to say any words. And then out of nowhere, give me your clothes. <laughs> so, Give we them think, to me. Give them to me. And so he's about to start beating people up and breaking hands and all that kind of shit like he did in the first movie. But then old Arnold, the Guardian, shows up. And you're like, what the fuck? And so old Guardian Arnold shows up and he walks towards the new Arnold, like the young Arnold, and they're fighting a little bit. But they're only fighting long enough for us to see that there's a sniper rifle aimed at both of them and the sniper rifle fires and it takes the side of the young Arnold's face off. Mm -hmm. And we're like, whoa, who did that? And then they, you see Arnold give a thumbs up to the scope of the sniper rifle and we see that it's fucking Khaleesi. From Game that's, of Thrones. Is that who that was? That's Khaleesi, yes. No way. That's her? Yes, that's her. Oh, I did not even realize that was Amelia Clark. That's Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark played Khaleesi. So that's, yeah. So oh, that, that was. Is her. She looks so young. And the thing movie. is, it's it's also the fact that they tried so hard to make her look like what they thought Sarah Connor would look like. So instead of her being all blonde and all that kind of shit, they had to make her hair well, brunette. She's like she's normally really. she's normally a brunette. Yeah, so they made her look like she normally looks, not all pale and shit. So, how old is she? She was born in 1986. This came out what year? 2015. Yes, 2015. So she was. 2017, 20, I think. I, no, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, 2015. So she was 20, she was 28 years old. She looked 
like she was fucking 18. Yeah. I don't know what they did. Maybe she just got a young face. She does. So um, he gives a thumbs up to Amelia or to Khaleesi. And then we go and watch Kyle touchdown. And Kyle touched down. It's the same exact thing. Um, he's still getting chased by the cops. He still takes the pants from the homeless guy. Uh, but when he's confronted by the cop, he turns to the cop and he asks the cop to know what the date is. And the officer confirms that it's 1984. But then he turns, the cop turns his arm into a metal blade. And that's when we find out that there's a fucking T-1000 in 1984. And that was my first whispered, oh shit moment of the night because I was watching this movie next to a sleeping beloved wife of mine (laughs) and didn't want to wake her up. But watching this movie, like I said, it has so many oh shit moments at the beginning of it where it was just like, oh, it was literally like Minus World for Super Mario. Like, you know how to do this, but yet this is some different shit. And it's like, oh, damn, no. So then he gets away from the um, he he's he runs through through the clothing store same way he did before. He's still falling and crawling and all that kind of shit. Oh, no, the, the fucking cop handcuffs him and he goes two more cops find him and handcuff, uncuff him. me. And he, he, no, I'm not uncuffing you. He's like, nigga, do you see this fucking murderous robot? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, uncuff me. So the cop uh, gives in and uncuffs him. And just as he uncuffs him, because one cop gets killed by the T-1000 who materialized out of a nearby mirror. Um, the one cop uncuffs him. And then a large armored truck uh, comes through the front of the store, knocking the T-1000 alive or aside. Um, and Sarah Connor um opens up the door, unloads a couple of shots into the still active T-1000, because again, it's a it's liquid metal, so it's absorbing all the shots. We know how this goes. And basically reaches her hand out to Kyle and is like, come with me if you want to live. Essentially. Essentially, this is what it said. Um, they drive off, and then they find out the original timeline's been altered, because Sarah already knows about Skynet, Judgment Day, and The Guardian, who she calls Pops. Who's our old Arnold? Old Arnold. Um, furthermore, uh, Kyle finds out that um, the new that Pops was uh, sent back in 2029. Um, but they don't the, know who sent them. Yeah. And did then they the, ever reveal that? Did they I never it? did. They I was never about to say, did it. I ever? Because they they said my files has been erased. So we don't know who sent this back. And I, I, I had to walk downstairs towards the end of the movie to let the dog out. Who? For like who? 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 A, a who? minute. So I missed like a minute of the movie. And I was like, and then the, the movie ended. And I was like, I don't know who sent Arnold, the old Arnold back. So they nope. never revealed that? Nope. Never once. <laughs> Not at all. I think they thought they were going to get them sequels. And then they didn't. Hold um, on. So Dark Fate's not a sequel to this? No. Dark Fate goes back to James Cameron. So James Cameron goes back and oh, immediately shit. brings back <laughs> Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. So remember when I was saying in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines when he was like, um, my mom died of cancer. I was like, that's not going to work because his mom is literally going to come back. 
and Dark Fate. Oh, now I can't wait to see this. Apparently, and so they didn't. I was hoping by watching Genesis they would explain it, but then they had this whole new storyline, so they didn't explain that. So now I got to watch Dark Fate again. Oh, maybe this is the reason why she's back because this is the alternate timeline, so she didn't die of cancer. No, two thousand and whatever the fuck, nineteen ninety-seven. No, no, no. Well, no, no. We'll see. So, um, they. The T-1000 gets knocked off after it attacks a vehicle again. Um, Arnold and uh, Khaleesi have a plan to attack the T-1000 in an abandoned factory. But when it gets there, it fucks up Arnold. And it goes, for some reason, they've taken the, the young Arnold. They took it with them. So then, you know. Nobody can make chips off it or anything or make Skynet from its remains. So when it get when the T-1000 arrives at the abandoned factory, they have laid young Arnold out on the floor, just there, head turned to the side with this side of its head blown off. The T-1000 drips a little bit of itself into the young Arnold's head cavity and heals it. And so young Arnold gets up long enough to get his head literally blown the fuck off again (laughs) by Kyle Reese. Like there's like a five minute action segment where he's like trying to drive a steel pole through the ground and stuff to try and get to Kyle. And the first sniper rifle that they had got knocked away, but Kyle goes and gets it. I guess I didn't know if it was it or if it was another, another sniper rifle, but he grabs it and turns around, takes his head off. Um, moments later, Sarah, um, finds herself in a chamber and she's standing there and she feels a drip hit her arm and it burns It's acid. So she takes off her jacket and she sprays it off with some sort of solution that she has. Um, but now we know that she's in an acid bath. Um, and she sets it up as a trap for the T-1000 when she gets approached by Kyle. And Kyle is like, hi, Sarah, I'm here. I'm hurt. I'm hurt, Sarah. And she's looking at him like, oh, my God, he's hurt. And then just like they've done in damn near every Terminator movie where there's a T-1000, which means both movies. No, because they did it in the one where the late where the TX was there, too. Um, There's two of one person and you have to decide who's who. Uh, It's a it's a Terminator thing now, because, again, they did it with Sarah Connor and T2. They did it with who was it they did it for? And oh, they did it for they did it on the phone call and Claire Baines or Claire Danes in T3. And now they're doing it with Kyle in uh Genesis and so salvation. No, and so (laughs) for what it's no, they did not. And so for what it's worth, uh, the T1000 had. Sarah fooled. She just pulled out a gun and shot one of them because she was like, I don't really give a fuck about either one of y'all, even though she knows because the guardian Arnold keeps telling her, you know, y'all two need to fuck, right? (laughs) Mate. He says mate. Yeah, because it's PG-13. You know, y'all two need to fuck, right? Like something has to happen for John to get here and save the world. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'll get to it. Stop talking about it. So she just randomly shoots one of them in the foot and it happens to be the T-1000. 
and um, he morphs back into his cop form. And after yelling for the real cow to run, she fires at the ceiling, unleashing an acid bath on the T-1000. Which is dope. I thought this was cool. This was dope. Uh, the Terminator melts. Like, oh, even though Arnold literally grabs it by his throat. No, it, it melts and then it gets up with like the remnants of it. Mm-hmm. It's about to come after her. And then Arnold grabs And then Arnold it. grabs it and holds it out there to make sure that it's done. While his skin just melts off. And then you're like, that was really cool. And then you're like, is this movie over 30 minutes into it? Is this a mini episode of hindsight? How will our two fearless uh, podcasters keep going? But wait, there's more. After this, Sarah explains to Kyle that the Guardian was sent to protect her from the T-1000 back in 1973. Can you imagine being in the 70s and there's a liquid metal Terminator just there? What the fuck kind of weapons did they have in 1973 that would have stopped a liquid metal Terminator? Same ones. Probably. (laughs) <laughs> so the Terminator's arrival back in 1973 caused a fractured timeline that differs from Kyle's. After saving Sarah, the Guardian began training her to face her destiny. Um, the Guardian, they find, has built a crude time machine similar to Skynet's, and Sarah plans to use it with Kyle to travel to 1997 to change the events that would lead to Skynet's initial attack on humanity. However, Kyle who keeps having visions of him telling his some kid, you know, stuff. Genesis is Skynet. Skynet is Genesis 2017. He persuades Sarah and Arnold that they should travel to 2017 instead. He believes that Skynet will begin its attack on that year of the altered timeline. So because Kyle, he has visions. Sarah yeah. was right to be like, I'm not trusting this fucking nigga. What are you talking about? Where are you come from, dude? Like, I don't even want to fuck it's you. Like, Why are you going to trust I you? I know it. I know it to be true. You have to trust me. Uh, 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 I know this much is true. What the fuck? Like, no. We'll be back to hindsight after this brief break. Are you into top 10 lists? What about pop culture? Or maybe you're just a nerd like us. We've got a show for you, loser. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. We're the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, a comedy and edutainment podcast covering a new top tennis list every week, including fun facts and trivia. We've covered lists such as the top 10 most popular 90s songs on Spotify. The deadliest animals. The worst U.S. presidents. The leading causes of death. The best-selling video game franchises. The most common murder methods. Okay, are you going to give one that isn't about death? The deadliest jobs in America. <sighs> Listen to these and countless other top 10 lists every Wednesday at TennisPod.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Top horror villains by their kill count. I think we're done here. If you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance to see you will die. We are the Tennish Podcast. That's one zero ish Bye.
This is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nydia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy, and we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating, while our amateur chef Cindy prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics. Find us, the Wine, Dine, and Storytime podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a follow. Remember those stories you were supposed to read in high school? Oh, uh, Dickens. Poe. That's literally all the names I can think of. Did you read them? Obviously I didn't. Let us read them for you. Uh, That sounds dangerous. What does? Reading. (laughs) It might go badly. But that's half the fun. I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Check out Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Campfire Classics is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, like, follow. So, Guardian tells him, I can't get in that fucker with y'all. Good luck. I'll see y'all in 2017. And um, they leave. And Pops spends the next 33 years preparing for their arrival in 2017. In 2017, they materialize nude in the middle of a busy highway and get hit by a car. I wonder what Arnold was doing this whole time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He was late picking him up. And and they asked him, where the fuck were you? And he was like, there was traffic. (laughs) I watched a YouTube video the other day. And... Apparently, there's a movie. I mean, there's a, a some type of movie or movie or TV show called the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Apparently, that came in between these. That kind of like explained other shit that happened during her life. And I was like, I'd, I'd be interested to see what the fuck Arnold was doing as a Terminator who can only speak in sound bites <laughs> for fucking seventeen years. No, twenty three years. Sorry about that. Thirty three years. Well, he came back in 73, so he, he's he been speaking like that forever. He's from a different country. That's yeah, what. Man, I guess what, yeah, he probably did say that. I'm from Austria, like he is in real life. Mm-hmm. So they got apprehended by police. Um, Pop sees him and follows him to the hospital. And while they're being treated for injuries, Sarah and Kyle... So, again, exposition is usually done by in these movies by some random person who just starts talking for no reason. And this doctor who's uh, helping patch up their wounds that they got from getting hit by a car while butt naked on the freeway. Um, this doctor fucking cops goes, these terrorists were out here trying to blow up the freeway. What? How did they get in the middle of the freeway? You never thought, how did two naked people get in the middle of the freeway? If anything, I would have had them back you in. You don't believe in time travel and that shit. It wouldn't be these are terrorists trying to blow up the free. Like, why? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. But it makes sense here. And then J.K. Simmons rolls up. Wait, wait. Before that happens, the doctor tells him about Genesis and tells him literally everything. Like, it's not just going to connect me to my phone and my phone to my tablet and all it's this. ICloud. It's an iCloud. That's basically what it is. And iCloud probably heard about it on here and was like, you know what? 
But really, these movies are nothing more than people being really afraid of the Internet. The iCloud had already been out. iCloud came out when I was working at Apple. That was 2010 or 11. When you so worked at Apple, did you get out. free shit? Yes, and we got big discounts and stuff. I would work there part-time if I liked Apple stuff. They should make yeah, a Samsung Apple's store. Dope. This is one of the best places to work. Like, it's really cool. Hmm. Pay well. Especially for retail. Like, hmm. they're paying the part-time people in the Apple store $20-plus an hour. Yeah, that, I might do that for Christmas. Well, no, never mind. Can't. Might do it in the holiday season leading up to Christmas, then quit. <laughs> um, but um, Kyle and, and, and Sarah are being talked to by J.K. Simmons. No, no, that doesn't happen yet. They are handcuffed. No, J.K. Simmons no, runs up on the cops that caught runs him. up on the cops that are coming upstairs. Yeah, and um, because J.K. like a crazy man, but he's like, "Yo, I know things," and so he comes into the hospital room and he's talking with them about, "Yo, I was that cop. You you saved my life back in 1984, and I've been looking for y'all ever since." You have an age a day. This must be time travel. He's the only one who's making sense out of this whole world. Um, and they're like, well, whatever. Homeland Security's downstairs. We're going to release y'all into their customer and they custody. And they go downstairs to get Homeland Security. And John Connor shows up. And questions. This is the fifth John Connor, by the way. This is the fifth John Connor. But this is the first one where I have an absolute question. The question is how. They haven't had sex yet at all in this movie. Because it's the alternate timeline version. They're in an alternate true, timeline. True, true. Okay, true. And then he became a machine. Part yes, machine, he becomes so a T-3000. He, he, he was able to travel to this alternate timeline version. So um, he is leading them outside, and he's talking to him, and he tells Kyle, You're, he calls Kyle dad. And Kyle's like, the fuck? <laughs> and Sarah's like, yeah, we need to talk later. And Kyle and John is like, well, now we can be together as a family. Me, you, and dad. And then Pops comes out with a shotgun and shoots John. I love and- this about every movie. There's always a scene in every Terminator movie where Arnold comes out and doesn't ask any questions and just starts shooting people. It's so great. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I told you you were. he was trying to get you or whatever the fuck. And he's like, nah, nah, buddy. Look at him. Look look at that motherfucker right there that you was on his jock. He's, he's not real. And it turns out that the new T-3000, who John is now, is a nanomachine, is a nanomachine hybrid. Um, he explains to Kyle that shortly after he was sent back, he was infected by a T-5000 and was subsequently transformed. And now his mission is to ensure the Cyberdyne will receive Skynet's technology and secure its rise. The T-3000 tries to convince Sarah and Kyle to join the machines in the conflict, but of course they refuse. And after a brief battle in the hospital, the T-3000 is temporarily incapacitated with, with an MRI machine. And watching him escape from the MRI machine and leaving little beasts, bits and pieces of the nanomachine's suspended animation because of the magnet, the MRI, and it trying to move forward, that was also a cool scene. They yeah, had their like moments. That. 
but they didn't have they enough. Much, you know, it's 2015, so you can do some really cool shit with this. Exactly. The Guardian takes Kyle and Sarah to a safe house in Marin County, uh, where they make one final preparation to destroy Cyberdyne's Genesis mainframe before it comes back online. But the T-3000 pursues them to the Golden Gate Bridge, where Kyle, Sarah, and Pops are all taken into police custody after a uh, shootout that pretty much, yeah, John rides a motorcycle off the bridge that lands on top of a school bus that they're in because they've, comp- they've, they've uh, taken a school bus. Mm-hmm. And then they he just kind of scurries. Like he can withstand gravity, I guess. So he climbs down the back of the bus and underneath the bus and rips out the brake line. Then he punches a hole through the bottom of the uh, bus and grabs Arnold by his face and pretty much throws him out of the bottom of the bus. So Arnold is face first, uh, just scraping along the ground and, and flips head first into a police car windshield. And the cop is like, ah. And Arnold's like, get out. <laughs> it just so, takes the cop car and pursues him. The Terminator wiki says, uh, unlike the previous lines infiltrator created by Skynet, units of the T-3000 had once been humans, but were transformed through infectious exposure to a type of machine phase matter. The phase matter would completely rewrite their victim's genetic coding, forcing their body mass to be transformed on a cellular level into billions of nanomachines. All of the humans exposed to this phase matter were driven insane during the experimental stage and died, which makes John Connor the only successful example. Mm -hmm. That's such a fucking plot crutch. Yes. He's the only T-3000 ever. Yes. So I thought that was important to pour it out. Oh, you 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 wanted me to disagree that it was a plot crutch? No, oh, I said I thought it was important to point out yeah. while we're telling the story. Yeah, because they they mentioned it like everybody else has died or gone insane, and yeah. So after the brief battle, where John also he cut the brake line, and then I think he took the fucking axle off of the fucking bus. Yeah, he did. And so the bus and the bus flipped. Flipped. This shit was so. Re- I, okay, back to what I was watching it with. The little girl who I was watching it with goes. She goes. The old robot told the girl to put her seatbelt on, so I think she might be okay. But that guy was just standing in the middle of the bus. How is he not dead? Yep. <laughs> He's not wrong. And I said, Taylor, you're absolutely correct. How is Kyle not dead? And so Kyle and, and Sarah are literally hanging over like they're they're. I don't know what's keeping them holding on to this bus or holding on to the side of this bridge because the back of the bus has literally been ripped off. The Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge. And they're dangling off the side of the bridge in a bus. And John has or uh, Kyle has to start climbing up the back of bus seats in order to get to where Sarah is. And the seats are falling away and all that kind of stuff. And it's really tense. And then John shows up in there. And then. Somehow. Sarah and John 
Uh, well, Sarah makes it to the front first because she's already there and she grabs a tur- she grabs Pop's hand and then Sarah grabs Kyle's hand and the bus just plummets into the Pacific Ocean. Um, you know, and John is in there, too. Or at least we thought. Because what I've noticed is that every time that we think John is dead, he just literally shows up at the next location that they go to before they even get there. So the next thing that happens is that they get taken into custody. Um, and they are awaiting interrogation at, when they get freed by J.K. Simmons, uh, who, again, has discovered that Kyle and Sarah are time travelers. Um, and the three hijack a, a helicopter on the rooftop and they start to head towards a Cyberdyne San Francisco headquarters uh, because a T-3000 is there leaving to get onto the helicopter. Uh, J.K. Simmons comes out to talk to them one last time. And the T-3000 who's had no trouble with murdering, no Terminators had trouble with murdering anything moving. And also that was another question I had is why is Arnold still on this no death thing? when John Connor was never there in this uh, different timeline. To Maybe Sarah to told him when they were younger. I don't think she would have done that. So um, uh, John comes out shooting at the helicopter. J.K. Simmons isn't at the helicopter, which is good for him because John literally just walks right past him and goes straight towards shooting them at the helicopter. And Arnold has his back to has his back to the uh, world and he's facing the helicopter. So he's blocking off all the bullets and absorbing all the shots and their helicopter takes off. And the T-3000 hops into a helicopter and in close pursuit. And so they have a helicopter flight scene where they're flying underneath the Golden Gate Bridge and over the Golden Gate Bridge that and all that cool. kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, Kyle... Uh, who learned how to fly from John, um, gets his helicopter above, gets his helicopter above uh, John's helicopter. And Arnold looks at Sarah and says, I'll be, I'll back, be back soon. And she's like, the fuck? And it, dun, 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 dun. As he hops out the helicopter and then dive bombs into the other helicopter, like taking out the propellers and everything. And it breaks up and explodes and bounces across the ground and slides off and all that kind of stuff. And you think he's dead, but nope. Somehow John is still the first person in the Cyberdyne complex. You know what Arnold's like the T-800? The T-800 is like the like old cars. You know how like new cars are much safer and more advanced and have all these cool things than old cars. But, like, if you get in that, old cars are made out of, like, tough-ass steel. Like, if you ever see, like, an old car get in the accident, like, a new car gets in the accident, it's, like, crunched up and crumbled up because it's built to, like, take the impact and, like, spread it out throughout the car. So, like, you get in a bad accident in a new car, it, like, crumbles up. If you ever see, like, a 60s or 50s car get in the accident, it just, like, hits it and it's like a dent. It's like, because the shock just goes right through it, it'll fuck you up if you're in it. But if you look at the car, it's like still in shape. And so these T-800s aren't nearly as advanced as these other Terminators, but they go through the fucking hell in punishment. Like Arnold just crashes and burns every movie. 
And it's just like, I'm all right. I'm gonna I get going. knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> Something about that T-800. It's made to last. It's like a fucking refrigerator or that television you put a television on top of. How old was Arnold in this movie anyway? Arnold Schwarzenegger was born in 1947. So he would have been 60, 70. He would have been 70, 2015. He would have been 68 years old. Wow. He, he looked pretty good. I don't know. Maybe they did. Yeah, some no. And, and they, they did mention that um, he once again worked out for six months for about three hours a day before shooting started, uh, oh, by did? which what time by which time he had the exact same body weight and muscle measurements as he did 12 years previously while shooting Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, he had the gray hair shit, but he looked good. Yeah, that was his real gray hair, too. Also, coincidentally. He did the same exact thing prior to Terminator 3, which put him on the same weight and measurements as in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So despite his age, his dimensions have remained fairly constant throughout the series. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a cool fact. Mm-hmm. Also a cool fact, because he's no longer going to show up in the movie. J.K. Simmons was stated to have improvised many of his lines. And his description of a rocket to the T1 or to the T800, which was blow the door clean off, you know, for people who can't do that for themselves, even earned a stare of surprise from Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> which I did notice. And I was like, hmm, okay. So even though they both crashed at the same time and they should both be like recovering from a crash in some way, shape, or form. Uh, the T-3000 enters the Cyberdyne complex and advances the countdown mechanism from 13 hours to 15 minutes. As Genesis begins begins to gain sentience, oh, by the way, there is one last scene that we didn't discuss, which is um, John talking with the uh, Dyson family Because it's a different timeline. So, oh, yeah. Uh, John comes in and he's talking with both uh, Miles and his son about how John has been a benefactor uh, for um, Cyberdyne for years. And it's actually been the reason why that um, time machine is being built because oh, they're the ones who are on. building it. That's who those black dudes were. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be. Uh, that was pop- Miles Dyson and his son. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. Yep. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. And so um, they couldn't get Papa Pope back, which was like... Yeah, uh, Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, they got Courtney in his place. And um, so they that happened. They, they made sure that we saw that the time machine was being built up. And um, as Genesis begins to gain sentiments, Pops... Kyle and Sarah uh, go to key points in the facility and plant bombs while holding off John. Um, After a lengthy battle, John reveals his true self before easily defeating the Guardian, only to be attacked by Sarah and Kyle. With not much time left, Sarah and Kyle escape while Pops traps the T-3000 in the magnetic field of the prototype time machine where the T-3000 manages to throw the Guardian into a vat of mimetic polyalloy liquid just beneath the magnetic field. So now the T-800 can mimic 
like the T-1000. Kyle and Sarah managed to reach a bunker beneath the facility moments before the time machine explodes, setting off the bombs and preventing Genesis from, from coming online. The explosion also kills off the T-3000, destroying it once for all. And Arnold, a.k.a. Pops, a.k.a. the Guardian, now upgraded with mimetic polyalloy components that the T-1000 usually has, appears and helps them find a way out of the debris. Out of the debris. Also, while they're in custody, J.K. Simmons brings young Kyle to the uh, police department to see if they can ID him because J.K. Simmons is like, yo, he has the fingerprints of this kid who we had here a few days ago because he got arrested and they did a scared straight thing on him. But he's not a kid. So why are y'all still doubting time travel? So uh, J.K. Simmons brings this, the kid up there to identify if he knows Kyle or not. And he's like, no, nah, I don't know him. But as they're escaping as well, because if they die, then, of course, none of this stuff happens either. Um, Kyle, uh, young Kyle is stopped by Sarah Connor, who runs her finger down the middle of his hand and tells him, you know, keep going ahead. And when you get ahead, you'll be there or whatever the fuck she says. But it's the line that Kyle tells her that she tells him, which is the line that her father used to tell her. And that's how she decides to work with Kyle in the first place, mm -hmm. even though she should know who Kyle is, because, you know, Arnold should have told her, you know, this dude, this dude's going to come and then you all have to mate. So anyway, at the end of the movie, they travel back to young Kyle Reese's home because Kyle has to tell little Kyle about Genesis has to say, remember, 2017, Genesis is Skynet. So then when he goes into the future and works with the John that's going to turn into the evil John, then he can go back into the past again and remember that, have these flashbacks. So then when he meets Sarah and it just keeps looping. And this is the first movie where I actually understood what the hell you were talking about with Nexus events and all that kind of shit. Sarah says that she's um, free that she can now choose what to do with her future. And she decides to stay with Kyle. And this is the first Terminator movie to have a post credit scene. Did you stick around for it? No, but I just saw what happened. Uh, it's revealed that the Genesis system core was located in a hidden subterranean chamber and has survived the explosion. Cha -chong, chong, cha -chong. So it's still predestination. Yep. Skynet's always going to happen. Yep. I really want to see Dark Fate now. Dark Fate was good. The last one. That's the last one so far. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. Let's see. Any more Terminator movies? Terminator 7 could happen, but it doesn't seem very likely. After Dark Fate's disappointing box office reception, making just $261 million on a $185 million budget, it seems like the franchise fate has been sealed. <laughs> Honestly... I would be okay with the ending of Dark Fate because it was a good movie. And that's what I want to remember it as being was a good movie. Well, that's what we're going to end this this uh, Terminator series on, Dark Fate. Mm -hmm. Have you decided what we're doing after that? Or are you waiting until next week? I have a few so choices that I have going on in my head. So, um... Let me see if I if I've made a decision yet. Hold on one second. 
I don't even know what Terminator Dark Fate is about. It's good. IMBD says. I'm I'm shocked we didn't discuss it for um, Why So Serious. I didn't watch it. And I asked you to. I did. I was like, you got to check this one out. An augmented human and Sarah Connor must stop an advanced liquid Terminator from hunting down a young girl whose fate is critical to the human race. Okay. Yep. It's cool. I will actually pay for this one if people donate to us. It's on Paramount. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I have the next ones. It's it's between two things for me. It's either going to be um, we're either going to do comedy. And if we do comedy, then we're doing um, Robert Townsend and um, Keenan Ivory Wayans month. Um, or we are doing Michael J. Fox month. So then I can do the American president. What's on Michael J. Fox month? Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3, The American oh, President, shit. and Secret to My Success. I've never seen those movies. I know, and you still wouldn't see them until we watched them. So it doesn't matter if we watch them now or we watch them later. So I can wait. So Keenan Ivory Wayne's Mutt, I think I've seen all of those. You have. Everybody's seen all, all of these movies. But they're classics, and they're comedies. And it's been they're so classic. long since we've done a comedy. <laughs> we just did a comedy. What comedy did we do? Terminator 3. You got jokes. That was a comedy. But seriously, prior to this month, we did Quentin Tarantino month. And before that month, no, we did sports month. That had comedies. Yeah, that was comedy. That was comedy. Okay. And before that, we did do um, Ben Stiller month. So, okay. Oh, we did. That's right. We did do Ben Stiller month. I forgot. Mm -hmm. So either we're looking at either. I'm good. Either way. Sounds good to me. Me too. I'll, I'll have a decision made by next week. Um, y'all can leave a review for the show uh, at Podchaser. You can leave a review for this episode or for the show as a whole. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review on uh, Good Pods, which is an app. Uh, you can hit up Brandon on Twitter at that cool black nerd. That's B-L-K. Um, I'm Brashani, and the show is Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. You can email us at hindsightmoviereviews at gmail.com. And the voicemail number is 916-633-1537. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate it. Next week will actually be a movie I will enjoy watching all the way through. Dark Fate was dope. Y'all be good. We're going to hop to later. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.